Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. On this episode, I lost myself trying to people please, and now I'm losing people because I'm learning about myself. But then you realize it's a blessing because do you need these people in your life if they're not supportive? Now, here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy by the Get Savvy Club. I'm Anita Baldwin and I'm here with Anna Geary. Hi, Anna, how are you? I'm really well, thank you very much. And we are. Um, what are we, going into week two or three of the third lockdown at the moment? Three, I think. Um, um, so for us, it is uh, boring old January. It's really muddy, really wet, um, not that cold, and we can't really do much. So we thought we'd cheer ourselves up this time by interviewing someone who, um, although they're British, they're over in Australia. So we got to hear a little bit about that um, and be really jealous. And um, Glenn actually has a massive campaign that kind of he stumbled upon um, by accident based on real life experience Um, and it's an interesting story so I won't ruin it but um, actually before we interviewed him I thought because he talks a lot about mental health and how social media can damage your mental health I thought we might be slightly at odds in terms of we're social media coaches and we're advocating the use of social media Um, but but funnily enough we're you know coming from the, the same position so um, have a listen, see what you think. It's a great interview and a great guy. Let's get into it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. I'm very Hello. good from sunny Sydney here. so yeah. uh... I'm, I'm so jealous. I've just uh, I've just got back from walking the dog and my trousers are still soaking wet at the front and um, it's just a miserable grey British day here. Yeah, we've got our like kids stationed doing the homework in, told to be quiet yeah. for a bit while we do things. But um, you'd like yeah. to tell us, Glenn, a little bit about yourself, your background and your business and, and how it is you kind of add value to the world. That'd be fantastic. First of all, guys, thank you for having me on the show. Very, very grateful. And um, people will probably be listening going, that's a British accent I can hear. So I am originally <laughs> from the UK, Manchester. Yeah. I uh, fortunately left the grey uh clouded weather so <laughs> i feel you there i suppose with me i i initiated something two years ago called the imperfectly perfect campaign which was around de destigmatizing mental health i unfortunately lost a friend to suicide and what stemmed from that was a movement that went global within 12 months at the same time as that a lot of people wanted to know how i had been able to achieve it without experience within kind of the marketing world within public relations and simultaneously a lot of people don't see the behind the scenes they see the highlight reels so as i was doing my profession simultaneously i was studying marketing i was learning how to do pr i was learning social media the ins and outs so i was qualifying in modalities of this and i suppose it led to me opening a a consultancy firm whereby people came to me and i was able to gain them brand awareness through exposure publicity but at the same time i qualified in mindset as well and life coaching and i don't like saying life coaching because it's highly saturated that world but i always combine the modalities of business with mindset because we suppress so many emotions and that's why we go in this continuous perpetual cycle of either comparison syndrome or imposter syndrome And that's why we're not reaching the levels of success or what you pertain, because we're too much stuck in our ego that won't let us go to that uncomfortable place. And going to that place is where the magic happens. Definitely agree. So what do you spend your time doing now, coaching people or still working on the perfectly imperfect 
or is it imperfectly perfect campaign? Imperfectly perfect. No, that's all right. Everybody. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm glad you uh, tackled it before me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tongue twister. So yeah. we've actually just moved uh, predominantly over to the the US. We've got some Fortune 500 companies whereby we run workshops and programs. However, at the same time as we're building it into America, the way that I do it and what we're talking about here, marketing and things, it's about building credibility and authority in that space within another country. So whilst we're doing that, I also have the reality that I need to earn money to also pay for mortgages and pay for my family. So I do do one-on-one consulting. I don't coach no more because my, my bandwidth is limited. However, I do enjoy that because I... I just want people to take away from me that it's possible. And I always put my behind the scenes because I'm going, you know what? You feel like it's impossible. You see everyone on social media and people see my stuff and go, oh my God, Glenn, like you're here, there and everywhere. And how are you doing it all? And I'm like, it's bloody hard work, but it can be done. You just have to know and you have to trust yourself and don't try and rush the process. We're always about like, there aren't any shortcuts. We um, had some, some of our clients, there was a bit of a, we, we have a, we have a group, we have a membership and we, um, the people in there, somebody kicked it off, didn't they, by saying, oh, logging out now for two weeks over Christmas, you know, see you in the new year kind of thing. And we were like, no, what's wrong? You can't just disappear <laughs> for two weeks. Like, no, we don't mean you've got it on Christmas, you know, skip the Christmas um you know, Christmas dinner with your family to to be on Instagram at all. But if you just stop all social media for two, three weeks, just down tools and then come back and go, I'm back. Like People don't care. You've got to keep a little bit of a hand in. And, and I think um, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but not everybody wants to put the work that goes into actually building something. And I think maybe they look to you and think, oh, you're doing it 12 months. Therefore, you know something that we don't know. And in actual fact, that's not the case. There's no shortcuts. Is there? Yeah, I think like I used to have, and I don't make judgment on everyone. Everyone's on this journey on their own. Like we come into this world on our own. We go out of it on our own. So I always say I lead by empowering people. I don't lead by money. Whereas all of a sudden there's this new age that everyone's this online entrepreneur. And what that does indirectly is affect everybody else's mental health and self-worth and think, Why aren't I earning a million dollars or whatever it is, six figures within a short period? What am I missing? And like you said, there's no secret to success. And they all kind of pretend they work for four hours a week or something like that, which is just complete rubbish. Like I say, I don't judge because I know everyone's trying to make it and everything like this, but I don't understand this perception game. People who are successful can see through it. Mm-hmm. And people who aren't, it's affecting their self-worth, like I just said. But here in Australia, I'll see all these self-proclaimed experts and they're all working lifestyle on a laptop on the beach in Bali. Whereas I'm going, you know what? Everyone in Australia goes to Bali because the tickets are like $200. Like <laughs> it's cheap. So if you were really an expert earning six, seven figures, you'd have a big house in Sydney, Australia, which is one of the most expensive cities to live. You would... Do you know what I mean? There's there's big disparities. And as I say, there's no judgment there. But at the same time, to me, it's almost like I I don't like to see people being taken advantage of. Yeah. When, I, when I'm on, Something. when I've been on Clubhouse, I felt when uh, oftentimes when people speak, I think to myself, wow, everybody in the audience, how are you making them feel? Because they haven't come out of the gate that fast and they haven't done this. And um, they feel almost like – because the type of people that we help are – 
you know, they don't want six, seven, eight figure businesses that just don't that, you know, they want to have a business that's successful, that brings them the life that they want, but also makes them decent of money. They don't know, they don't want to take over the world. So it can be a bit intimidating to to be around that. and also maybe they feel oh well i shouldn't be doing this then because i haven't got that vision i don't want to get to that level and we're like no not not work out where you want to be and then find someone that's done that follow the steps and, and get to there don't feel that you um necessarily have to aspire to be like 20 figure business or whatever it is because it's jumping all the time isn't it? it used to be six figure business now it's like seven eight nine figures that people are speaking about and, and yeah the reality is not there because actually I heard Nick that was on there this morning. He um, he said it took him twenty five to thirty years to get there. And we've been on his podcast before, and we've um, yeah we worked with him. Uh, actually, as our last client, one of our last clients before lockdown, our face to face client. Yeah, our last face to face. You know, we spent the day with him <laughs> on, on a project, but yeah, and I loved that he said that because it's so true. And Ga- Gary V is another one of those that that says, look, patience. He worked in the shop for years they didn't just go oh i'm this you know great entrepreneur we all want instant gratification don't we particularly like kids so my kids will look at all these youtubers or tiktokers or whatever making all this money and say well i'm just going to do that but what you don't get to see is their journey to do it or you know the million people who are struggling trying to do it you know like joe wicks tried for nine years before he suddenly you know hit the big time he still did well in those nine years you know he, he built it built it up to like nine hundred thousand followers and he was still selling his books and doing his thing but yeah like you say after yeah. nine years doing PE with joe wicks all of a sudden now it's like over two million or something. but it's weird because i think sharing that journey is the interesting story isn't it so why do people suddenly then go and now i do this and it's easy and then you look at that successful person and go i want that and i don't want the bit that you have to go through to get that and you know you worry about kids just thinking well i'll just be on youtube and make a million yeah good luck with that okay can you tell us a little bit more about like the uh the, your podcast then and the types of guests that you have on it and what what they're essentially talking about then yeah sure so the campaign in in its whole entirety is about mental health and really just getting to know every meeting I lead, every networking thing. People come on when you go to a networking event and it's like, give me your elevator pitch. And I'm like, I can't remember the first person when it's got to the bloody 30 person. So I'm like... Well, you stopped listening by then, haven't you? Oh, you shut off. And I'm like, you know what? When I started mine, maybe a year and a half ago, everyone was so surprised because I said, don't give me an elevator pitch. This is not Shark Tank. You're not here to try and get me to invest in your company. I want to know about the person behind the profession because to me, I've already listened that Anna has got a child in the other room doing the homework. I'd remember you, Anita, as the person that just came from outside and got like a puddle of water all over yourself. And to me, straight away, I'm like, right, that's registered. I've remembered something. And it's just built and built and built. And that I took on to the podcast as well. So we've got in the UK, um, it's just building more. We've got like Craig Kelly, one of the UK's big Coronation Street Titanic, Jamelia, recording artist. I forgot about her. She listened to my latest episode with her and it was kind of, she was this big recording artist. And then she broke it down and she said five years ago, she stepped away from having to play this character of this pop star. And she went on, I think it's called Loose Women, one of the biggest TV shows. And she said that's when her mental health started because it was almost like you're pretty, you can sing and dance, stay there. But for Mm. a woman to go on a panel and have an opinion, she got, she was saying, really like everyone turned against her. And she was like, that was the demise of her mental health because the media was terrible against her. And I'm like, 
So it, it, it really is unravelling that stuff. But we've got one coming up, which to attest what Anita said there, I've got a YouTuber who's over in the US who's got this huge following. And I said, you know what? My kid is eight years old and he watches you guys and he thinks, I don't need education. I'm going to go and be a YouTuber. And I said, I want you to come on and talk about if you haven't got rich parents behind you to pay for marketing, to pay for publicists, to pay for all that kind of jazz, how have you done it? Because there's only 1% that get lucky and go viral and suddenly make a killing out of it. The rest of them are like anyone in business. They fail because they're stuck in here instead of leading from the heart and they're putting the happiness based on an outcome. And I'll tell you something, what I've learned, if you're putting your happiness on the outcome and you put your family second, they're not going to be there at the end when you reach that level of success because yeah. you've missed it and you realize that life is about experiences. It isn't about money. It isn't about external things. And, and for me, that's been my whole journey and that's what the podcast is about. And if you can enjoy that journey, then you've got it made, haven't you? Like, you know, our business, Get Savvy Club, um, we're having um, successes and we're doing really well. But, you know, we're working hard at it and it's like going, you know, fairly slowly, I guess. Um, but enjoy along the way, because at some point we'll look back and go, do you know what? We haven't looked up to breathe for ages and, you know, enjoyed time with our family and time doing other things and things like that. And it's just about enjoying the whole journey and not always, like you say, focusing on the outcome and wanting success, because actually failure is part of business, isn't it? And if you can't accept that because you're just so focused on success, then you're going to be miserable for a long time. Because sometimes you, you, you're not ready for that success that in your head you, you think you want. So when we ran our, our program for the first time, we were a little bit, we were disappointed by the numbers that we got, weren't we? And mm -hmm. you know, when we went through it, we were like, we were not, re we were not ready. Because we were looking at people doing this and seeing how many people they were doing it with. And we were like, well, we'll do that. Do you guys not think though, when I've learned this, like I'm not here to like preach or anything, but when you've got to that level, like new levels, new devils, you actually realize that those failures are lessons. You weren't ready. And if Definitely. you keep coming up, you keep coming up against boundaries, you've got to learn that you're bloody not listening and you're not learning. That's why they keep coming up. If and we then when the you numbers get, oh. we'd have got wanted on the first one, we would have been like, ah, and we it would have been such a flop because people would have been like, Well, that's this is not working like that. And this and luckily the, the people that we had on that first one were great and we were like, This is the first one we've done. This is, this is why this isn't working, you know. Those people, that core of people were fine because they they bought some, essentially they bought something that had never been run before as well, which is a big risk. You know, we were like thanking them for taking, they might have known us already in previous lives and things, but they didn't know the Get Savvy Club and they didn't know the, the program. Um, we didn't know what it was going to be like. So yeah, they had taken a risk, but we were so grateful that actually we hadn't got the numbers that we'd really wanted at that time because we weren't, like <laughs> so we really weren't, we're not, we're not ready at all. I'm interested in something you said earlier, which was about um, people are often stuck in comparison syndrome or imposter syndrome, and that stops them being able to get to the level that they need to get to or that they want to get to. And I think that's really interesting. So what would you say and how to kind of recognise that and what to, the first step is to get out of that? I know it's a massive subject. Oh, it is. And I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about it because I can go from personal experience. Six, seven years ago, the, the campaign whole the behind of it, of what started it, was I actually lost a friend to suicide and we saw highlight reels. But with this comparison syndrome and this imposter syndrome, it was six, seven years ago, I actually been in the fitness industry. I started comparing myself to other people and I went down the route of body dysmorphia and then self-worth and not feeling good enough. Then the imposter syndrome set in. So for a personal point of view, it's like you really have to get to a stage of vulnerability 
to share that with someone and realize it's a strength to share it. Because if you're constantly dealing with it, like, first of all, if it's social media, I always say block, delete anything that doesn't make you feel good. That's yeah. that's number one key, because the more you look at it, the more you're going to feel worthless. You're going to think everyone's living the best life when it's not true. You don't know what's happening behind that camera. I mean, my friend, he's he's a good looking guy and he's a model, but he was just testing it out and he got his little daughter's little paddling pool with a little sandpit and he laid down and he's a good photographer as well. And he set his camera up and he just did it in black and white. And he posted it and it looked like he was somewhere exotic. And then he actually, <laughs> on, the, on, on the behind the scenes, he said, no, it's my daughter's little sandpit. He was like, I just laid it down. And this was to show you, like, people, this perception game, they're trying to, but it's affecting us all. And we let it affect us. But you can find role models out there who are healthy role models for you. You just need to find them. It's one of the things we advise people to do. If it's in your industry, maybe, or, you know, to do with... Um, what size you are or you know how far along you are or something like that but find people who are similar to you and start following them because there are real people on there well i'll tell you who's incredible and uh, a good friend met i'd love her on my campaign because i love everything about her she's called jameel jamal do you know she she was off she's a british actress and she's very yeah. outspoken and and she did this movement called i way body positivity mm -hmm. and and she's just taken the world like obviously she's got a big profile from a tv show she did over in the u.s but she just uncovers the truth about these diet pills and about like what we see in the marketing. And it's kind of like everybody that's, I wouldn't say exposing things, but leading by authenticity. COVID has shown us that that's actually leading the way. Everybody, if you're building a personal brand, tell your story because that's what attracts people to you. That's how your audience finds you. And it's not about hey, look at me, I'm earning all this money. And you see all these these social medias where everyone's flashing the cash. And I'm like, you're just making people feel shit about themselves. Like, And not everybody, like you say, is driven by money. I'm not. So at one stage, it was funny and you laugh. Like, I'll sit in my singlet and do this because I listened to somebody once and they said, oh, Glenn, they were listening to Bob Proctor. And they said, you know what? I think you should like put yourself in the end game. Start wearing suits and put suits on. And I listened. So for a week, I put a suit on. I was doing videos. I was doing all this. And my business just stalled. I wasn't <laughs> attracting people. I wasn't. I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I, I suddenly sat back and, and went internal. And I was like, what attracted people to you, Glenn, in the first place? And I was like, I was the singlet guy. And I was speaking from a place of truth. And I was living my authentic self. And, and I was like, you know what? Bob Proctor's truth might be led by money because that's what might be his driving force. It's not mine. So I wasn't living in my truth. And they always say we live on a vibrational frequency like attracts like. The quickest way to raise that is to live in your truth and be who you are because that's leading by your imperfections. And I did it. And the second I did it, I got a client the next day. Oh, wow. And I was like, right. And then this person who told me, they was like, oh, you've gone back in your singlet. I was like, yeah, thank you. But and I went on a business platform, LinkedIn, and I told that story. Yeah. And the amount of DMs I got from guys, from women, just going, my God, that hit me. That hit a nerve because I did the same thing. I tried to be something I wasn't, and I didn't get anywhere. Yeah, lots of people have said similar things. Like, we like you because you're not perfect, or you're not. And we're like, oh, thank, thank you. Well, I love, I love all the comments like that. We had one where someone. Um, 
we and Anna mentioned we had a membership and someone was leaving the membership and they sent us an email saying thanks very much you're really great and I love what you do you're just not for me <laughs> I thought okay fine <laughs> thanks very much <laughs> but it's all great isn't it because we are all individuals and actually when you get used to it the easiest thing you can be is yourself life gets a lot less stressful people get caught up in that they'll they'll get so many positive comments they'll get one one negative and they'll focus on the negative we've all done it we've all been there but i think that's why it can be easier working with other people so i'll go to anna look what this person said and she'll go what an idiot or twat and i'll go yeah yeah and we'll move on whereas when it's just you you're like oh and it becomes suddenly bigger in your head doesn't it yeah yeah i like challenging those people though now i've got one guy who reached out and he commented and it, it was a silly comment it was like why is everyone on your campaign good looking why are they beautiful and i'm like beauty is in the eye of the beholder they might not think they're good looking and blah, blah. and then he actually got back to me and he was like you know what i respect that he was like i didn't think about that because i was in my own head different people trigger different people in different ways don't they and just being yourself is going to trigger people and the sooner you get used to that the better the better well i know i trigger i trigger people all the I, when i had proper jobs i triggered people all the time because i was being my authentic self and people didn't like that in proper jobs when you're in corporate when you sit there and you go oh, that sounds like bullshit actually and you know it's not <laughs> the correct thing to do but that's just <laughs> how i was from my, from my background where i grew up like you know uh, i don't really have much of a filter i don't have a poker face so it just is yeah. what it is um but obviously now that seems it's like the in thing to, to be like that but yeah you never know what what people's where people are coming from and i, I think sometimes i sometimes I saw an advert actually on facebook that somebody put out this guy that i know he he actually buys and sell, like buys and sells businesses acquired businesses and he's got this advert out saying about going along to his free webinar and so many people were saying you can't buy businesses for no no money and you can't and i thought do you know what i actually sent him a message on linkedin i said fair play to you um because he's answered every single one because it's their limiting beliefs this is what he does it is what he yeah. does i've known of him for years and that this is what he does doing it, at the minute he's acquiring nurseries as in like daycare nursery you know like childcare nurseries and he's got loads of them what people want to sell or you know and he's getting some of them he's getting because he's taking the debt on and i don't know how it all works obviously but i just yeah. thought fair play to him he's on that facebook ad and people are like going this is a scam and he's going why do you think that and he's you know if someone's an idiot he's not bothering to answer yeah, but somebody's saying you can't do this he's gone back and gone actually you can because of this and i thought do you know you're holding your ground and i respect that uh, rather than letting people just be awful but then there has to be there has to be a line though because i could um waste far too much time arguing the toss with people on like different things and sometimes you just have to realize that this person is actually stupid they want the argument because they're yeah. probably they always say hurt people hurt people so they just want it yeah and um, i often say like you know when people start a business and if we're talking about business and marketing i was like you will learn on your journey the people that you would think would support you in the small businesses Get your head well out of that because Kylie Jenner can put a new lipstick line out and everyone's sharing it and everyone, they don't know her. You can start a business and the friends and the family, they'll not share it. And it's almost because they're uncomfortable themselves because they're seeing you doing something they don't do. Yeah. Or on the other hand, it's kind of their own insecurities. So Yeah, like, it's never about you. It's always about it's them, isn't it? Exactly. But we, we process it and we take it on ourselves and we're like, what have I done wrong? Why am I? And then you try and people please. And I did a post today and it was like, I lost myself trying to people please. And now I'm losing people because I'm learning about myself. Yeah. 
and it's so powerful that in itself yeah. because you realize but then you realize it's a blessing because do you need these people in your life if they're not supportive like because i cheer people on i'm like bloody good going because i know what it takes to get there yeah. and you failed it's only if failure. you've been through that yourself are you that you, you get it goes and says fair play to you i'm loving what you're doing keep going um yeah. but we, we have it we we help a lot of people that are really early on in their journeys you know maybe they've been really successful in corporate life and now they've they've stopped that and they're doing their thing so they've never had to market anything in their entire life because they've worked for a large company where there's a marketing you know um yeah. huge marketing team so it's all massive it's massively new to them um and we we have to say in that they like can't believe that like they're like i don't know mother-in-law's not liked it that's like they won't because they don't get it they don't understand one client we advised them how to be using social media and they were doing it and it was going really well and then they wrote to us and said their daughter had contacted them and said i keep seeing you on facebook and you, you just it's ridiculous all the time talking about that why do you keep doing it <laughs> their own daughter and we said she's never going to buy from you she's not your ideal client um you know there's other things going on and just um, say block me or you know take her out so she can't see your posts or something like that and say I'm doing this for my business not for me and you've got to move on but I was I was listening to a podcast a while ago I can't remember what it was but it was talking about how humans aren't programmed for happiness we're kind of that it's an evolutionary trait that we're programmed for dissatisfaction and unhappiness because that's what keeps us moving forward and inventing things and building things and what have you so actually we don't want to be in a world where we go well that's great well done you and well done me and we're all happy and nice to each other because then the world won't keep evolving so it's the dissatisfaction and the unhappiness that keeps us developing yet it also makes us miserable and stop being nice to each other it's like a kind of a weird juxtaposition isn't it you do find that the people that you thought would support you don't and then you do you will have to lose people along the way you just different decisions you make in life I quit drinking I think it'll be 12 years in June in July coming up and like loads of people had to lose at that time um just because we was going different ways in life completely so there's some of them still great people but they're just not my people not my people anymore some of it was my choice that they had to go some of it was their choice that they didn't want to be around me anymore being a non-drinker so um and you do you you grow and, and it's the same with business once like you say you up level the the people around you have to change um which is a shame because you you want to be around those people that you yeah or you feel that you do but actually you realize that you've got to limit time with certain people sometimes because of that you know because of that reason it's really hard so if you've ever heard of uh, david meltzer is a huge name in the US and the, the actual film Jerry Maguire was made after his sports agency. Multi-million, yeah, multi-millionaire. He came on my podcast and he said, one of the things that he said is he had to learn to fire people from his life, but he was as brave enough to actually get on the phone with them and give them the respect. I know, I don't think I could do that. And he was like, look, I love you. I respect you. But the way that your energy and the way that you make me feel, I just can't be around you. So I yeah. wish you good luck, but I, I just can't do it. And even me listening to him, I was like, oh, God, you're brave. And then he had an upbringing of nothing. And his main aim was to buy his mum a house. So he was driven by it. He once went on a trip to India. He was on the train. And this little old lady sat opposite him. Such a profound story. And she said, you're so full of light, but you're blocking it. And he mm -hmm. said, because he was at the time driven by ego, he actually said, okay, do you know who I am? Like, my, my, <laughs> my, my. my I'm like, a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> my bank balance. And she turned around and she said, you know what, though? What if I could show you how to remove that blockage? 
because vibration, everything. And he said, yeah, I know everything vibrates on a frequency, the light and the, the flowers and the, the animals and stuff like that. And she said, but do you know what? Do you know what is the quickest way to raise your vibration? Truth. And I can show you how to raise your truth or step into your truth and all the opportunities will come to you. And he said, from that moment, it was not about money. It was not about anything else because he lost $100 million and wow. turned it all around. <laughs> and now, now he's like a world stage speaker and all this kind of stuff. And his mission in life is to empower a billion people to lead a happier, more fulfilled life. He's an incredible guy. But that just goes to show you. I wish some of these messages filtered down into the education system and they were teaching this stuff in schools. And then you could start, because you know, some of the stuff I learned now, even in my 40s, I think, God, if I knew this as a teenager growing up, it would have revolutionised my life. No, it's like no. we, need, we need a school of life instead of, yeah. I know this history and we need to learn about all this stuff, but nobody teaches anybody how to manage your finances, what you do with your taxes, what you do, and I spoke to another guy who went to the Harvard Business School, and he said, you know what, everyone thinks that everyone's got to be perfect there, and you do. He actually founded the term FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh, and wow. he said, yeah, and he actually said, he said, people always think that you're at this ideal world of perfection. Imagine trying to live into that. Yeah. Once you leave the compound of those four walls, we like everybody else, you're on your own. Insecurities, we don't learn about how to manage our bank balance, our checks, our, our rent, our mortgages. We're on our own. No. Yeah, or to just embrace your quirkiness or your weirdness or your differences or, you know, the fact that you're not as good at that as somebody, but you're actually quite good at this and that no one values that, but it's a good thing to be good at or whatever it is. But just, you know, it would be so great to feel more confident and self-assured from a younger age, wouldn't it? It's true that youth is wasted on the young, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> It's I, even getting worse, though, because I know I know a guy that I was speaking to and he said his son, unfortunately, tried to take his life. Um, he's now better and he's through it all. But one of the reasons when his son got asked why he was bored. What? He was bored for the fact that these days, because of technology, like when they see like pictures of Thailand or all these amazing places, it's one click of a button and they've seen it. So they feel like they've done it. Yeah. They haven't had the experiences. And he was merely bored. He felt like he'd done it. He had an affluent upbringing, cars, the house. He felt like he'd done everything. He felt, what else have I got to do? Plus, they're constantly entertained, aren't they? There's no downtime to actually, you know, I remember being a child on a Sunday was the most boring day ever because there was nothing on the telly apart from like Little House on the Prairie and your parents were off doing something and you either had homework to do and there was nothing to do and nothing was open then, was it, in those days? And you kind of had to try and find a way to entertain yourself. We had a garden centre around the corner from us that opened on a Sunday. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's not exactly, <laughs> you know, well, well, I used to just kind of <laughs> hang out there for as long as I could before they chucked us out for just being kids. <laughs> looking at the goldfish getting in the way um but yeah, our kids don't go outside do they now our kids don't really have to go outside no more and i remember my mum used to saying to us go it's a generational thing our parents were like get out and so we did with the yeah. bikes and people knocked on the door but now even my son i'm like oh come on he's eight i was like come on let's walk up to the shop and he's like oh aren't we going in the car or no nah, yeah. i just stay and i'm like get your shoes we're going like <laughs> you yeah need a fresh it's air. Cool. 
used to be kicked out in the morning, <clears throat> come home for a bit of food, kicked out again, come home at tea time. And that would be that, wouldn't it? Yeah, they don't have that anymore, which is a shame. It's, it's good, but it but it's bad, isn't it? But then they have other things. If mine are bored, I'm like, good, you need to be bored, but not in a, that sort of bored way. I mean, like as in so they can use their imagination and, you know, not just be on, on devices. I'm quite strict on that. I don't even think it's for kids. I was like, this new clubhouse has shown us how highly addicted we are all to it. Yeah. Because we're, we're, yeah. we're craving that human connection, but you're like, Okay, like a lot of people aren't good at time management. So they're mm. on there for like some Americans, good friends of mine. 24 hours. Americans 24 are badass. They just Americans have oh. way more stamina than us. We did a day and there was oh. this woman, she was a moderator. She goes, oh, can somebody take over? I'm going to have a few hours slip, sleep. And then she was going to come back on and continue running the room. And to be fair, you know, if I didn't have a partner and kids, I would be that person i know i am because i've got that personality I'm, I, and if, and if, I, if i you know if it like it was locked down as well and you couldn't go anywhere i, I would just clubhouse would just be on constantly you know like you were saying with the with the marketing and people like that i always try and bring it to some people just need to go from a to b not a to z mm, and everybody yeah. on a lot of these apps are trying to show this in quick succession and you're even seeing on clubhouse now people are on these these groups and i went in to see what they were and it was like Make sure you turn your mic off. This is a silent networking group. I'm like, how the hell does what? networking work if you're not talking? Yeah. And basically, it's like follow for follow, go to someone's Instagram, post three comments. And then all of a sudden, Clubhouse is relatively new, apparently, even though someone said the other day it's been around for two years. Oh, it wow. actually has been around that long. The tech oh. guys were in it. And um, it was good because then you could get closer direct thing. And it's going to be Madhouse when it opens to the public. But what a lot of them are doing now so for any of your listeners that do that comparison thing and think, oh, and listen to these people that now they're saying, I'll teach you how to uh, become a clubhouse influencer and how <laughs> I went from this to this. Like there was a guy I was on with the other day and he got like a million uh, followers and his bio was like, I will teach you how you go from this to this. And I'm, I got a message on the side going, hey, Glenn, you've got superb content and a lot of business owners will get this. Hey, you've got superb content. But I think your engagement could be a little bit better. And I'm like going, okay, so first of all, sales 101. Have a look into who you're actually reaching out to. Mm -hmm. And I'll send them a picture of all the publicity international. I'm like, any person who's gained some success or whatever, as a credible person, you'll go to Google and you'll find out the, who they are, what they're doing, and then not make yourself look silly by reaching out and trying to say, I'll make you following because they're not concentrating on those metrics. They're concentrating on what's the bottom line of the business. These ones on Clubhouse now that are saying this, and I'm going, hold on a minute. All your comments are all emojis. That's a quick tip for anyone. Have a look. They're all emojis, which means they're all in pods. So they're telling other people, which means they're not good at time management because they're saying to everybody, oh, if you comment on mine, I'll comment on yours. If they've got a thousand people in this group, oh my God, that's like all your day gone. Yeah. Just to just to what concentrate on becoming an influencer who don't know how to monetize it half the time. That woman that I spoke about that was having like three hours sleep before coming back on. I looked at her profile and she's got a big following on Instagram. To be fair, but I thought I was thinking, how does she actually make any money though? And I was thinking she probably doesn't. You know, and it's you know it, people do think if you've got loads and loads and loads of followers, therefore you will be loaded and have lots of money and it just doesn't work like that does it it's better to have a thousand true true fans than it ever is to have a hundred thousand people that don't, will never buy from you i always try and teach people when i'm consulting so i always say like i went through the back door i was like but just think about it logically i'm like you need to build credibility first 
Like stop trying to concentrate on literally, if you've got a small business, if you're trying to brand yourself, you need to align yourself with the right people. And that means it might take six months to build that credibility, but think about it for longevity. Don't think about, oh, I'm going to make some money really quick. If you want to build key connections, network properly, and your tribe's going to get smaller. So LinkedIn, for example, I go on there and everyone's always shouting from the roof, which I thought that actually stopped on Instagram. Like I've got 50,000 contacts. I've got this, that, and the other. And I'm looking through and I'm going, yeah, but you're not commenting on other each other's. Or when I see these engagements, yes, okay, reach algorithm, I understand. However, there's something in me. I always manage to get the truth out of people. I don't know. It's an innate ability and they just open up to me. And I see all these coaches and I see all these people. I'm going, but are you making any money? Because all I see on the comments are your network who are being supportive. Yes. That's not helping your business. So in fact, you're going to go and have to get a side job because you're not reaching new people. So I know that your reach is going out there, but think about what you put in your content. Think, break it down and go, okay, 40% is like audience and then what your service is, but then none of you are actually doing a direct call to action. So how are people going to come to you and what are you doing? And I don't know. I, I get so passionate about it because I'm like, stop trying to concentrate on the quick thing and think about building relationships. Because for me, I never thought about money for at least six to 12 months, whatever, building the organization up. Never took a penny. And I fell into what you did there, Anna, as well, unfortunately. When it came to the organization, it was about mental health. And I had a lot of problems because people would come to me wanting to know how I did it. But then it'd be like, oh, Glenn's a nice guy. He's doing this for mental health. He'll help anyone. Yeah. And what I learned along the way was until I set those boundaries and said, hold on a minute, I've got kids. How am I going to put money on the table? If you keep coming to me and I'm helping you build a business, yes, I'm a good guy, but it's crossing the line. So please don't come to me asking for business advice. That is towards mental health and that yeah. is towards my business. So yeah. I'm going to lose those people if they don't want to pay or I'm going to gain the respect. And I even put a networking group up the other day and I still got it. And it was $15 US. And I was like, I know what you're going to get out of my groups. And this woman actually sent me a message. She was like, I'd love to come. I haven't got the funds right now. She was like, I'm just paying a lot of these coaches. And off the side though, she said, I've just started this copywriting on the side. She was like, so if you know anybody and if, if you could redirect them to me, I'd be greatly appreciated. So I sent her a message. I said, you know what? I understand if it comes down to money and everything. So what I'll do is I'm happy to refer you, but I'll actually, and I learned this from David, I, I'll actually refer you, but put an agreement in place that it's mutually beneficial. So if I'm bringing someone to your business, I'll get a percentage of a referral fee. So it's a win-win for both of us. And she was like, Oh, 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 okay. So she didn't understand it, but I was like, yeah. those who understand it will be like, oh yeah, sure. Like you're helping mm -hmm. my business grow. At the same time, I'll give you a small percentage, but at least you're putting something in your pocket to pay for your kids and you're paying for schools. Like boundaries is huge.
funny you should say that because this is the first launch that we're doing that we've got like a referral scheme in place um that we've got just got set up by this um the mentor the coach that we're working with at the moment he's got us on this thing and it's all like computerized you know properly done and uh, our commissions are really good because we're like actually we wouldn't have known these people if if it wasn't for these people so we're more than happy to share the wealth if you like not be sort of um i've seen other people in our space like offer pathetic amounts i'm like oh my god would anyone even direct anyone to them that, that way it's a bit of an insult but it's 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 actually going to be quite fun isn't it this time is just like a few of our clients and customers not not many people because we're just kind of um seeing how it goes and the next time we launch probably in may we're going to go all out and have competitions with it and stuff so it looks like it looks like it'll be a bit fun but if you can be paying people that are helping you build your business that's even better have you guys had the um so we could write i can't wait to write a book about this like i don't know how to write a book but i, I can't <laughs> wait like the actual what it takes to become like I had to actually Google the definition of an entrepreneur because I was too busy working. And then someone said, oh, you're like an entrepreneur. Like I knew the gist of it, but I actually looked at the pure definition. I was like, oh, maybe I am. <laughs> and um, there was somebody who kind of, they'd seen what I built and they said I was good at networking events. And then it's, it's gaslighting. They was making it out like they was helping me. All mm -hmm. oh, right. And they wanted to come on so they could get in front of my audience. And I actually introduced them to a couple and I'm not one to keep a client. So when I've done with them, I want to see them progress. I'm not like somebody, oh, you need to keep coming. Cause yeah. that to me shows me that I'm not doing a good job. Yeah. 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 And um, this person went to that person and that person actually charged them a lot of money. Whereas I felt bad cause my other person, my client was like, oh, but like, you introduced me so I know that, that they'd, they'd be good. And I couldn't sleep for three days, so it was another lesson for me. And I learned mm. that we can't, everyone's on their own journey, but I did have to say to that person, I feel uncomfortable because I feel like you're putting that on me that I've introduced you. I didn't know their expense. And that person then moved me out of their life and told me that they were busy and they were moving because I, they wanted to do an event with me and then I turned it around and I said, what do you mean an event? And they said, well, we can both talk about our programs because a lot of coaches don't do this. And I was like, that's cool. And she said, because I know you're looking for clients at the time I was just starting. And I said, yeah, that's cool. I was like, but I don't understand why you need to talk about your program then if it's to help me with mine. Like, I appreciate it. And she was like, oh, well, no. And, and, and it was turning this whole gaslighting thing. And I'd endured this before. So I was listening. And then it got to the point where I turned around and says, maybe there's a reason people don't do it because like it just doesn't work. Like if we're trying to do both coaching, I said, cause for me, I'd feel bad if I came onto your event and got all these clients, I'd give you a referral, a referral yes. fee. And I said, how do you work with that? And she was like, Oh no, the way that you've got to think about it is there's enough clients to go around everybody. Yeah. Right. And I said, you know what? There's one thing if I've learned from people, all these successful people, these authors, they're best selling with Amazon and everything because they also know there's enough clients, but they also know there's enough wealth to go around. So they share that wealth. Yeah, so I yeah. said, for you to say that to me, I said, I leave it. So these are all lessons that we learn. And now oh, I can okay. look back and I see it a mile off. And then that person when I, I messaged them last time after a couple of weeks and said, oh, I was things. And it was like, oh, sorry, I've not been in touch. I'm in the middle of moving. Like it might take a few months, but I see them post on LinkedIn all the time. Yeah. I'm so like, they're there. They've just moved on to somebody else. They're, that they're, yeah. Yeah. So it's help them build their business up. Yeah. But again, in terms of vibrations, they're putting out the wrong ones. So they'll always be like, 
wallowing in the shallows, weren't they? And never making where they want to be because they don't believe in abundance and sharing and then, you know, getting back. A lot of them, unfortunately, are coaches out there that Mm. are teaching them a lot. And so many are dealing with imposter syndrome. And then you've got other people on top going, you can't be a coach if you're dealing with imposter syndrome. Well, why not? We're all human as well. But at the same time as that, it's very hard to be teaching somebody and putting a perception game. If you're not showing the behind the scenes and going, you know, I struggle with this and this is how I deal with it and this is how I can help you. But a lot of people are putting the perception like they are perfect and then talking about imposter syndrome, but at the same time comparing themselves to the next level. And like you said there, you'll see these seven, eight figures at the end of the day to scale your business it is moving up the ladder with relationship building. You can't have a seven, eight, nine figure business without having a team. And with a team comes responsibility. And with that, and it, you have to think to yourself, what like what like what do you want your life to look like at the end? And maybe your like the life you want uh, to lead and what you want it to look like can't be the same as an eight figure business because actually you don't want to check in with a big team of people. Somebody's doing this, somebody's doing that. You know, you want you you want to be able to only have like maybe, I don't know, two or three people or I don't know, five people in your team maximum. So in which case your particular business and what you do can never get ahead of like seven figures. But yet that might be more than enough that you would ever need. So there's nothing wrong with that as well. It's like that thing of, oh, well, what's next? What's next? What, what's next? And if you can serve enough people and be happy and make the money that you want to make as well as having the life, then that, that's that got to be where you got to get to or, or be aiming to get to. One of my good friends that I met over in the LA, like I didn't know what he did as a profession for ages because I'm all about like getting to know the person first. And then it was only when we walked into a shop, it never just came up, but it just, we was friends from the gym and uh, we went into a shop and then somebody started asking him about getting them tickets for this baseball game. So then I was like, oh, presumably you work for baseball. And he taught me a valuable lesson because then he turned around to me and he said, oh yeah, this is my boss and he owns these. And he was like, do you want to go in the VIP box? And me being me, I was like, no, I'm not into baseball. We'll just go for a beer. And he was like, wow. So we've been friends for years now because of that. But at the same time, he learned me a valuable lesson because he said when he told me who his boss was, and I was like, at the time going, oh, what a life, like jet setting, multi-million dollars, like all this. And he was like, Glenn, you know what I've learned? I came from nothing and now I've got some money. He said, but I would never want to trade places. He said, what comes with running a multi-million dollar thing is million dollar problems. Our motto at the Get Savvy Club, our motto is let it be easy. And that includes our life as well. <laughs> Let everything be easy. Yeah. yeah. As long as you can be comfortable. And this is the thing with success. Everyone looks at my stuff and probably looks at your stuff and then goes, oh, you're successful. You're killing, you're killing it. I'm like, as, as long as I can pay my bills and make my family happy, like I don't chase money. But when you notice, when you surrender, the money will come to you if you find that passion. It'll start coming to you. So on this podcast, we always ask two questions. The first one is, because we're the Get Savvy Club, we always ask uh, our guests, what makes you savvy? And you can take that any way you want. I'd say, and I'll test it to the campaign, it's like leading by my imperfections. Like, I want to separate myself from the rest. And I think in a day and age where there is a whole ball game of a lot of small business owners and everyone trying to look up to these people who are teaching them and were saying they're six, seven figures... I've separated myself by breaking it down and leading by my imperfections. And it's what's brought me success. And I suppose, savvy. (laughs) Yeah, great answer. (laughs) 
And um, ter- we always ask uh, for a book recommendation as well. So for our listeners, is there a book that you would recommend that's either in the personal development space or yep. business marketing? Yep. I mean, there's so many that I've read, but the best one that stands out for me is, and write it down, guys, it is called Letting Go, The Art of Surrender. It's by David R. Hawkins. And it pretty much is, you go through sacrifices, you go through everything, you learn lessons, but until you surrender and you just let it go and know that you're obviously, you're on this journey, you make it so much harder for yourself. I think I've read his, um, he's got a book that is like, it's a program in a book, which is the same principle. I'm pretty sure that's it. Did we have a recommendation of that one before, Anita? Is it the same one? Or am I thinking someone else? That was Surrender or something Something Surrender. I think it was something different, actually. The, we've had, uh, was it the Surrender Experiment? Was it? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we've had that where, yeah, someone just kind of accepted what was going on. I do agree with that. I'm reading a minute, The Greatest Secret, which is basically the one that Rhonda Bryan, I want to say, oh, no. Secret Woman. Um, she's now got this new one, which is called Greatest Secret. And that is basically going along these lines, really. It's just we're not yep. the mind, we're not the body, we're just we are just conscious we're just awareness actually when you look at it because we were the we were just awareness when we were like eight years old and we are just but we had a different mind and a different body then and we're just awareness now at the age that we are now how can people who are listening to this podcast find out more about you what's the best way for them to contact you yeah sure so you can find me at glenmarsden.com for the consultancy all across social media under my name for the campaign it's imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe brilliant thank you so much for glenn for coming on to our podcast this week really insightful he's a fellow podcaster as well so go and check out his podcast as usual we're asking you to rate subscribe review this podcast Make sure you screenshot it and share it on your social medias, tagging us in, and you've got a chance to win the book that Glenn recommended as well. Sounds interesting. I'm going to get it, which is Letting Go. And we'll see you all soon. Well, we'll see you on Thursday for another episode of Get Savvy Quickie. See you soon. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.